Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. 43. Ah, we already started. <laughs> Uh, yes, it is. Welcome to episode 43 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. I was asking my traditional, what episode is this? And Garrett had already clicked start. Because you can't read the title of the episode. As I was asking, I was looking on my screen to figure out where it was. So uh, if you watch it on YouTube, you can see the eyes tracking, looking. I label it every week for you. And every week you ask the same question. (laughs) Well, we are on episode episode 43. Should we it? talk about the elephant in the room? <laughs> I missed that earlier. <laughs> I love the perfect point. Like you practice this to see how to do this. All right. Yes. Yeah, so let's talk about the elephant, <laughs> ceramic this, elephant you have in your room. This is completely freestyle. I don't practice my, my episodes. Clearly. There's only two of us again. Where's the missing Jeremy McKay? It, he uh, he pulled a get up at 2 a.m. yesterday and drive from Rochester to McDonough and only stop for gas and food <laughs> in one day. I don't recommend that for anybody. He also has three children that are all under the age of six or six also, and under, I believe. I also don't recommend that for anybody. So I, I can't honestly, I can't imagine what that drive was like. I can't imagine the number of stops that were made just because I, you know, kids got to go to the bathroom. At what point do you just open up the doors? Like I remember my parents opening up both doors on the car, and you just stood in between the two doors on the side of the interstate and peed. <laughs> like, is there is there is I, that still acceptable? I, I've done that multiple times with Mason. <laughs> I do it all the time. I've done it many times. So that's still acceptable. You just pull off on the exit ramp. Pull off on the exit ramp. Open the doors. Does his thing. He hardly even have to get out of the car. If we're in a rental. I just let him stand right on. Just let him. Hardly even get out of the seat. He can just stand up there, open the door, let him do his thing, and then uh, we shut the doors, buckle up, and on our way. Well, that's fantastic. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they uh, they took care of business a few times that way, so they didn't have to make any any major stops, but. Yeah, I can't imagine Rochester to McDonough, Georgia, same day. So send your thoughts and prayers to Jeremy as he's, I'm sure, physically and mentally recovering from that drive. Uh, but yeah, he's in town till I think after Thanksgiving. So hopefully we'll have an episode here where uh, where all of us are either maybe, together. Maybe or, we should we should all gather up together, like one big happy family where we can break bread and give thanks around Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's a little bit of fact check. 992 miles. Oh my gosh. That is terrible. That is terrible. So you know what the worst part of those to Jeremy. Those you know what the worst part of those trips are? You have to make it back home. That is yeah, you're not done. You've got to do it twice. He's here for almost like a month though, so I mean it's him It gives him time to recover. You, You can overcome this, Jeremy. Got I've got faith. faith. Did you have a trailer? If you're coming somewhere for a month, how much stuff are you bringing with you? Like, I, I, I need a trailer just for my shoes. <laughs> I don't even. 
man. I don't even have anything to say about that. It's completely true. It's good for your feet, man. You don't want to wear the same shoes back-to-back days. You got to give the soles a chance to stretch back out before you put put them on again. Do you lay out your clothes and your shoes before you pack them up to make sure you've got everything matching? At times, I, I will say when I was teaching in the classroom every day, I did set my clothes out the night before as a teacher with, you know, cause you never knew, am I going to sleep in? Am I going to be rushing out the door? So I, I was a, a set everything out the night before guy. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. You, you typically had to spend a lot of time on your hair. <laughs> when I first started teaching, yes, I did have hair like you, Garrett, actually. It's almost exactly like your hair minus the thickness. It was a, it's lush. It's luscious. It was a problem. Carrie Ann makes fun of me. My wife makes fun of me at that time because we'd be in the car and I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, it's not right. And I'd have to go in and fix it again. So this is a whole lot easier. Just like a middle school girl. Yes. Just like, yes. Just like a middle school girl. So this is a lot of sports talk we've gotten into here the first five <laughs> minutes uh, of the show, but let's, let's dive into a little bit of, uh, of Falcons talk uh, because Raheem the Dream is three and one, and reality is the dude should be four and zero. Oh if Gurley falls down, he's really screwing up the future of this franchise. Is Raheem the future? He's not the future. I don't think he. He might get an interview. I'm putting in quotations for you non-YouTubers, but I don't think he's got a shot. Nor do I want him to have a shot, honestly. If Raheem separated himself from Dirk Cutter, does that change your opinion? Is he going to hire Kyle Shanahan? (laughs) Kyle's not coming back. As much as we'd like Kyle to come back, he's not coming back. I don't think so. He would have to hire one heck of a staff. I agree. I I think it would be tough to do. I mean... I don't know. It'd be hard to keep him on board and basically gut the rest of the franchise. Just the whole, you know, the whole coaching staff. I've been impressed with Jeff Ulbrich too, at defensive coordinator. I mean, we're blitzing all of a sudden. Deion Jones has a, has a passion to play or something. He's getting after the quarterback. He's all over the field. I mean, that's not hard though. I think 99% of the DCs in the NFL have blitz packages. We just didn't have one with Dan Quinn. We were we were just the one guy, had the one guy who never had to blitz anybody because he always had really good defensive talent up front and on the and then secondary. Yeah, we didn't have that that gift here for him. We do not have that gift. But yeah, so, I, like, some of it's his own fault. Him and Tom Thomas. Do we call are him y'all, Tom? Are y'all, are y'all bros? Do you Tom? <laughs> Me and if Tom you're listening. If you're listening, Tom, because you got a lot of free time on your hands. <laughs> I mean, it was their own fault. From Vic to who's our newly released player. Oh man, Tack is gone. Sir Tack McKinley. That is that's embarrassing for the Falcons, but it's honestly also super embarrassing for Tack McKinley. Yeah, I mean he came into this league a little crazy. A yeah. lot of crazy, maybe, on draft night. We all remember. It's one of Jeremy's, I think, one of his all-time favorite moments. That is, that is very true. Tack with his picture of his grandma. And maybe he kept it inside for a little bit, but that crazy was going to come out, and it started coming out in full force. 
Yeah, unfortunately, the crazy wasn't happening on the field where he was getting after people. He, the stuff he said about the franchise, I had a feeling like you don't come back from that. You don't come back from saying they didn't trade me. This franchise is a clown show, you know, with his clown emojis. You don't come back from that and then suit up the next game. Nah, I had that, I made a statement. I think I told my wife if the Falcons played Tack McKinley again, I was going to be done with the Falcons. <laughs> So I'm happy they cut him. Because I don't think he – yeah, everything he said, calling the franchise basically a clown organization, if they would have let him back on the field, that would have been the last straw for me. I would have been looking for a new team. Now, I'll be honest. If he had been – if he had seven sacks so far this year and you know a couple tackles for loss, a forced fumble, I bet that he would have played still. And you know what? You've probably been okay with that. But when you're not no. when you're not producing on the field and you're a little bit crazy, there's no room for you. They're just going to get rid of you. If he had seven sacks this year, we would have been able to trade him. So that is yeah, that is true. He would have not is, played for us. That, <laughs> that is very true. I am interested to know though if they really got any offers on him or not. Because if they got a seventh round, like anything is better than nothing, right? So if they released him, it makes me think that they didn't get any offers. It, yeah, I was listening to a show or a podcast that had an NFL, a couple insiders, and uh, yeah, neither of them said they heard any chatter about teams willing to to give anything for attack. Right. So, not, why, I mean, again, why would healthy. they? Yeah, why would they? He had a sack first. I think first play of the defense, first defensive play of the year. I think he had a sack, but it was basically a, a blind bootleg from the quarterback. And Tack stayed home like he actually should and sort of fell into a sack, basically, in that very first defensive snap. But, yeah, I'm not surprised he's gone. Uh, I hate it didn't work out for him. Obviously, I wanted Tack to be successful. I thought that that little bit of crazy was going to turn up to be successful on the football field, but clearly, clearly it did not. And a part, I think a big part of it was his health, right? The dude could not stay healthy, and that I hate that for him, but it's a, it's a production league, and he wasn't producing. Yeah, have any teams picked him up? I saw some rumors that uh, it doesn't look like anybody's picked him up as of today. One of the teams that uh, folks were saying should give him a look is the Tennessee Titans. Oh, no way. As if they haven't suffered enough from former Atlanta Falcons linemen, D-linemen. And one of the reasonings was, well, they cut Vic. So maybe they should give Tack a look. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no go. No, I don't think they dare go down that road again. Yeah, I don't blame them there. I do not blame them there. Well, Falcons won again, beating the Broncos. Watching the game. First, I have two I have I have several takeaways. One, Todd Gurley, I know Jeremy defends Todd Gurley to a point saying it's the offensive line. But Brian Hill comes in and he doesn't have an issue getting to the edge or getting through the line. And and he seems to have holes and opportunities. Todd does I want Todd to do well. I know I'm I'm not a big Georgia fan. It's not a I don't like him because he went to UGA thing. It's a Todd is just doesn't have that burst anymore. He just seems to sort of run into his own offensive lineman or sort of see a defender and not even attempt to juke or move around him or, or stiff arm just sort of get into a defensive position as he's about to get hit and sort of run into that defender and go to the ground. Like, he he does not have that burst anymore. Am I the only one that sees that? Are you with me? 
No, I'm with you 100%. And he, like you said, he shies away from contact. He, he's not willing to fight that extra yard to get the first down. If he's on the sidelines, he's he's stepping out of bounds before he takes any shots. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's tumbling into the end zone where he should take a knee. <laughs> um, you know, those things. Yeah, I think but, Ryan but, Hill is the better option, honestly, back there. And I, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be that guy that always calls for the backup. You know, it's the easy thing to do. But looking at the production of what Brian Hill does on the field, I think he, he gives us a better chance. Yeah. I mean, and you're not getting anything playing Todd Gurley. No. I, I know some people were talking about, could you trade him for this year? But obviously that, that didn't happen. I don't think any team would pick him up. There's enough old running backs out there that you can sign for nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like this this week he went 19 for 53. He, with one TD, he had a his longest run of 13 yards. So if you take out that one long run, He's barely averaging two yards a carry. Right. I mean, for a running back of his caliber, he should be better than that. Yeah. And it's it's not a line. It, the line's not great. It's not it's not horrible. It's not great. I think Lindstrom is tremendous at right guard. If you watch some of that game, they even highlight some of the things that Lindstrom, Lindstrom did in that game uh, to open up things. He actually was a big reason Gurley got that touchdown. Uh, but – you know, I don't think the offensive line is solely on them. I think a big part of it is, is on Gurley and just his explosiveness uh, and it just not being there anymore, which I hate for him because I, I want him to come here and be be the Todd Gurley of old. But the the knee issues that you heard him talk about in L.A. is definitely definitely for reals. Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a problem. So the other thing, other thing that I noticed watching uh, watching the game was really our wide receivers. Uh, and their ability to sort of step up uh, throughout that game. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Alamade, Alamade Zacchaeus. Does that count? Zacchaeus. Yeah, we'll just call him Zacchaeus. Yeah. The wee little man. The wee little man. He he definitely is a wee little man, but wee little man's got some wheels. And uh, he was tremendous. I thought uh, Brandon Powell had some moments. Um, you know, obviously Julio Jones and Russell Gage played well, but uh, our receiving core... You know, I don't really see a weakness there other than the fact that we pay Julio too much. Uh, and Matt Ryan, I thought, the last four games has played tremendous. I mean, all season he really, he other than like, a couple, has played, has played well. He looked like Matt Ryan five years ago. Yeah. That bomb to Zacchaeus, 51 yard, just heaved it. Yeah. And then, you know, dropped it in there on a dime. It was perfectly he, placed. Uh, I think that's the best deep ball I've seen him throw probably in five years. That's I'm with that's you. It. I mean, Usually Julio's the, waiting on it. Right. You know, so. Wait. Yeah. I think that was one of his best throws. Yeah, that was Here's, that was a tremendous throwing catch because he got pass interference on him too and he still caught it. Yeah. Here's a hot take. What do you – give me your analysis of Calvin Ridley this year. Ooh. To me, Calvin Ridley is – we don't have Phil Detko here to, to to second this. I think he's sort of Antonio Brown minus the crazy. I think he's a, a tremendous route runner uh, with with above average speed and tremendous hands. Uh, but I, I take route running ability over speed any day. So I, I think he's I think he's Antonio Brown minus the crazy. Yeah, I feel like a few weeks or a few games. He doesn't seem like he's been focused. I think there was a stretch. Gosh, what were, I forget the games. I'll have to pull it up. 
where he was just dro- dropping balls. He didn't look like he had that putting forth the effort. This was right, probably right, you know, right at the end of Dan Quinn, maybe even that game after Dan Quinn got fired. Uh, I don't know. There's just plays where it just didn't look the effort was there from him. Yeah. Uh, Which I don't, I don't know like. if I, I don't know if I have seen that necessarily. I do remember a couple games where he had some drops. And I don't want to put too much on players during the Dane Quinn era because I, I mean, it'd be real hard not to check out when you've got Dane Quinn coming up with slogans and that's about all he's got. Uh, so knowing that knowing the talent you're, that was on the team. You're I mean, a professional. It doesn't matter who the coach is. You're a professional. That is true. That you is get true. paid to play football. I mean... Be a professional. Be a man. Do your work. That is true. No, I, I, I don't want to fault Calvin Ridley too much because, I, or, or any even. I, I don't know. I, I think he's a tremendous wide receiver. Is he not leading the league in in receptions or yards or like he's, he's up there in some of those major categories even after missing, missing the game versus Denver. So, yeah, Calvin Ridley. Take that. Take that out of your mouth saying bad things about Calvin Ridley. I'm just saying. Must. Just something to look for, something to pay attention to. <laughs> so, last thing that I was uh, uh, noticed with the Falcons was defensively, and we sort of touched on it earlier. Deion Jones has had second life. I know Jeremy and I sort of killed Deion Jones quite a bit during the beginning of the season for for being a ghost out there, along with Dante Fowler. Uh, but uh, but Deion Jones over the last several games has been all over the field. You know, in the backfield, pressuring the quarterback, he's he's sort of the one they send most often on blitzes. And I thought the defense has been greatly improved since Quinn has left. And I think a big part of it is, like you said, those pressure packages. Uh, and seeing they were bringing Keanu Neal closer to the line of scrimmage. Yes, letting him play where he needs to be, not not you know twenty yards off the ball. So yeah, some of the adjustments that uh, Ulbrick has made without Dan Quinn being there has been uh, has been tremendous for the defense where it's really really stepped up and our boy Dutko that comes on the show with us sometimes sent me sends me texts every time that the power rankings come out and Pittsburgh's still at the top because they're undefeated give me they, tell me when they've played Kansas City of how they do um, until then I'm, I'm not worried about the Pittsburgh's record but he did I will give him some credit he did say yeah. and they, they barely he, squeaked by the Cowboys yeah that's sort the, of embarrassing the daunting Cowboys. Although, I mean, that is the fidget spinner game that we lost, so I don't know if we can talk too much there. But he did say, hey, if he had to play the Falcons, he would be a little nervous to play the Falcons uh, because we're a better team than our record uh, indicates, basically. So, uh, And I got to agree with him. Yeah. Without Dan Quinn, we're probably 7-3. and I don't know if I go that far. Should we review our uh, our rankings? Oh. Hang on. Our predictions, I guess. Our predictions. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a recap. Let, let me get this up on the screen here. To go back to your defensive uh, discussion, bring a pressure. I mean, I think that's uh, our secondary. Obviously, is is lacking. Uh, they're playing better, but what's one of the best ways you can cover up for having a poor secondary is getting pressure, pressure on the quarterback. Pressure on the quarterback. Even if you're not a great defense, if you putting pressure on a quarterback, force them into throws. Just creating chaos. Something good's going to happen occasionally, at least, right? Yep. And the so Falcons what, didn't need they didn't need a, a uh, you know a brick wall defense. They needed a defense that would make plays 
occasionally, right? They could give up 30 points or 28 points and still have a chance to win, but we were giving up 37 points and you don't have a chance to win there. You don't have a chance at all. All right, so give me what are our uh, what are our picks? Help me out here. Help me out, Daniel. Them? What's your? What are the, what's the Falcons' record right now? Are we three and six? Is that right? Oh, you tell me, man. I believe so. Yes, three and six. We were zero and five. Quinn got fired. He went three and one, three and six. Oh no! So you both, you and Jeremy, you both had us at seven and two. <laughs> Your only two losses were to the Packers and the Seahawks. If you subtract out Dan Quinn, I'm right. Tell me the other games we lost. Packers, Seahawks, uh, under Quinn. We lost to the Cowboys. That was a win if you don't have Quinn. We lost to the Bears. That was a win if you don't have Quinn. We lost to the Panthers. Honestly, I boycotted that game and didn't watch, so I have no idea. Beat the Vikings. We lost to the Lions. That was another game. That was the game which Todd Gurley should have fallen down. So, if if Dane Quinn is out of the equation, we're seven and two or six and three. So, well, he wasn't here for the Lions game. That's why I said or six and three. Jeremy also has seven and two, only losing to the Packers and the Vikings. Let's be honest. Our Vikings thoughts. We were way off there because the Vikings, the Vikings are awful. That's true. We had it. I had us at five and four, losing to the Lions, losing to the Cowboys, to the Packers, to the Vikings. So basically, what you're saying is, hopefully, nobody made any major gambling uh, wages wagers off of uh, off of our picks. I got us into the season eight and eight. I bet we're seven and nine. I think seven and nine is really what I was going for. I did throw in an extra W in there against the Bears. Well, after we beat the Saints next week, that's not four and six. That's not happening. Or after the bye, we've got a bye next week, right? Then we got a bye. Then yeah, then we go to New Orleans. That's see, that's the issue here, right? So the way the back of our schedule is. Pretty tough, though. Oh, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. But two, this is the way the Falcons the Saints, work. Two against the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Chargers are no slouch. Justin Herbert, their offense put yeah. up some points. Then you got the Raiders again. They're tough. They can be tough, I guess. They're kind of hot and cold. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> the way Atlanta sports works, though, is they break your heart, but then right before you're ready to jump off, they pull this together and they win something, right? They, they'll win against the Saints, and they're going to they get our hopes up again. Meaningless game. My hopes aren't up. They will never be up. It's no. just more frustration this year. They're going to beat just builds the Saints with every win. The frustration builds <laughs> because we're going to get a worse pick, worse pick, worse pick. And that's what I heard someone was talking about recently. It's not just oh, we get a worse pick in the first round than the second round. Pick is a little worse. Third round's a little worse. Fourth <laughs> round's a little worse. Fifth round. Well, like I said, they're they're gonna they're gonna bring you back on board at some point this season and get your hopes up. And then right when you think, oh my gosh, are we actually gonna do something? Are we really this good? They're gonna do something to just kick you and take you back nah. down again. That's the nah, way it it's works. Not, it's not not for That's me. How we do things in Atlanta. I'm done. 
Well, I'll tell you that I'm, I'm starting to get this little bit of a of a excitement, a little bit of the tingle in the brain going, I wonder if if we beat the Saints. Jeremy was on board with me too. He's like, man, if we beat Is, the Saints, we're back in it. There's no, we're not beating the Saints. Did you see how the Saints dominated this week? Against Tampa, I know. Against Tampa. I mean, they took it next level. <laughs> they they were not going to beat the Saints. We're coming off the especially, bye with plenty of time to not, scheme. Not at their place. It's not you know happen. Dirk Cutter's a schemer. That's a lot of sarcasm there. Dirk Cutter is no schemer. <laughs> we got nothing. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm starting to get some joy for the Falcons, thinking maybe we're going to do something. Maybe that's why they're going to break my heart again. Who knows? This is, I keep coming back for more punishment. It's a real problem. Uh, Garrett's off off the train. It's over. We do and have our, another train pulling into the our, station, though, Garrett. Our draft pick for next year is over. It's all. <laughs> it's just over. We do have another train pulling into the station, Garrett, and that's the Atlanta Hawks bandwagon. It's quickly filling up. Season starts December 22nd. Is that right? I believe 22nd of December, right before Christmas. 22nd of December. So the NBA and the NBA Players Association agreed. Tuesday, December 22nd. Each team gets a 72-game schedule. And yada, yada. Free agents begin negotiations November 20th. Yada, yada, yada. That's it. <laughs> a lot of I, was waiting for, I was waiting for uh, a date. The playoffs are going to start. They talk about salary cap. And that's basically all we need to know December 22nd. Does that mean we're going to get the Hawks on Christmas Day? I'm going to say zero chance the Hawks play on Christmas Day. Unfortunately. But... The Hawks are in the news, right? We've got the sixth overall pick in the draft. To be honest with you, this is one of the most uninteresting drafts that I can remember for the NBA. I mean, there's really not a consensus number one. I, of course, that may mean that one of these guys turns out to be tremendous, but right now nobody's really looking at any of these guys as being this world-beater all-star you got to add to your team. So the Hawks are looking to move their sixth overall pick. So any of these guys get you excited, Garrett? If the Hawks were to move that sixth pick and pick up uh, Drew Holiday from New Orleans Pelicans, you in for that? No. No. All right. How about this one? Hawks give up their sixth overall pick and Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter for Bradley Beal. No. Do you know who Bradley Beal is? I do know. Do you know who Kevin Herter is? Oh my goodness. Red Velvet. Future superstar? Yes. Incorrect. I've seen enough of of Red Velvet. I've seen enough of DeAndre Hunter's inability to shoot the ball. Bring me some Bradley Beal. Next to Trey Young. Tell me, Bradley Beal, Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella. Playoffs. That's only four players. I, who cares? Five. I know, but I'm not sure who that fifth would be. Cam Reddish maybe starting a small forward. That's that's Cam playoffs. Right that is All right, playoffs. I consider that. What else you got? 
Uh, the other one that I'm interested, I'd say yes to, uh, is uh, they're talking about Joe Harris from uh, Brooklyn, who is like the three-point, I don't know if he won it this past season, but maybe the season before uh, he was able to win it. But uh, like Joe that. Harris from Bro- Brooklyn, tremendous shooter. Talking about either, either uh, was it a sign and trade? But basically he's, he's looking at being available. Uh, that Joe Harris may be available from Brooklyn. So that was another one I'd be on board with. Any interest in Joe Harris? Yeah, I'd go for that. Just adding, like more, a, adding more like shooting for Trey Young. Shooter. Yeah. What about Jamal Crawford? Is he still available? <laughs> he, pro- he probably is, but no. So fr- from there, right, those three are are the top, top choices for the Hawks. For me, Bradley yeah. Beal. Like, if you can get Bradley Beal, you get Bradley Beal. Like, he's a difference maker. Um, especially if you're not having to give up Trey Young, John Collins. I would give up Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter. I'd really like to keep Cam, but if I had to do, say, uh, Red Velvet and Cam Reddish and keep Hunter, I, I could do that too. Um, mm, I'd give up Hunter first. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you there. Before Herter. Before, yeah, before Herter. Yeah. I'm all right with that. Uh, but after there is a huge drop off. You're talking Mo Harkless, uh, who you're going to say Never who exactly? Uh, he's a power forward that can stretch out and shoot. Uh, Garrett Temple, is he an Oklahoma guy? Garrett, that's incorrect. Uh, Garrett Temple, bringing back Jeff Teague, that's coming back a to the Hawks. Decision. Exactly. So you have other like wishful thinkings of of Brandon Ingram. Uh, being able, he's a restricted free agent, right? And like Pelicans are going to match anything that you offer him. Uh, Bogdan, Bo- Bogdan Bogdanovich. There we go. That's a, a lot to, to say there. He uh, he's with the Kings, and he's not he's not going anywhere. Uh, they're going to match any offer you send his way as well. So really, you're talking Drew Holiday, Bradley Beal, or Joe Harris. So any of those. Any of those pushing you over the edge? Are you sticking with what you got and letting the talent developer, aka Lloyd Pierce, just roll what you got? No, I'm. I'm not letting. Uh, I don't trust Lloyd Pierce to develop the talent. <laughs> they were but defending think, him again on six eighty with with who, the Georgia Tech quarterback, which I'm sorry, Joe Ham. Yes, Joe Hamilton and. Home team, Brandon Leak. I loved Joe Hamilton when he was playing with the Jackets. Like, loved watching Joe Hamilton play. Not exactly a great sports commentator, though. He uh, he's got some work to do. And may, Brian Finner was the same way when he transitioned to sports talk. So maybe Joe Ham will will have a uh, an epitome here. Now. I do love me some B Finn, but yeah, it's it's tough listening to those what two guys. So if you know a friend who's who's suffering through listening through 680 The Fan's new lineup, which, yikes, 680 The Fan, break open the pocketbook, guys, because, I mean, y'all can pay us. We'll come on and do a couple shows for you because what you're currently rolling out there is brutal. So pass pass it on. Tell a friend. Help them not having to listen to to Joe Hamilton. Yes, share about how we need to keep Lloyd Pierce because he's a great talent developer. Joe from Griffin, online too. Joe, what do you got for us today? (laughs) 
We'll take phone calls. So yeah, it's uh, defending him do, for being a talented developer. Yikes! How do we do phone calls on the podcast? We'd have to do like a live YouTube show, and we could take calls. Maybe when all three of us are together. There we go. There's an idea. Pitch, uh, pitch that to management. You're an idea guy. Management. We got ideas all over the place. While you're talking to management, talk to him about the pictures on the wall behind you. Yeah, I got to make some updates. So in my attic, in my attic are some amazing Braves memorabilia from opening day at Turner Field that's framed the roster, the little lanyard thing. I'm knocking my mic around here. It's it's pretty epic. I've got the pennant. Is, is it a pennant, the triangle-shaped flag thing? So I've, it's all framed, super nice in the attic. It, it needs to go up. Tune in next week when you may see it, if my wife approves it. Uh, she's not going to let that happen. <laughs> There's a reason it's in the attic right now. That is very true. That is very true. So speaking of Braves, we've got the MVP award coming on Thursday. I think ESPN would like Mookie Betts to get it based on the amount of Mookie Betts talk they've been pushing. Yeah. I read a couple articles, CBS Sports article. They were they said it was basically down to Freddie and Mookie Betts. And they had Freddie just barely edging out Mookie. Which if you look at the stats, I they had they were throwing out some advanced analytics and your war and blah 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 blah. Whatever. If you look at the traditional stats I mean, Freddie had him beat in every category, other than home runs, I believe. But it's got to be Freddie Freeman. It has to. Because it, it does not take into account the playoffs, which Freddie did fine in the playoffs. Uh, Mookie defensively mis- did, offensively not so much. I didn't see what he yeah. did in the World Series. but uh, I think he did better in the World Series than against the Braves pitching. Um, but again, everybody turned their votes at the end of the regular season or prior to the playoff starting. So so they know the the winner already. Why are they waiting this long to, to tell us? Production. It's all about. Getting more eyeballs on man. MLB eyeballs. throughout the year. Trying yeah, to it's going to be announced, announced live on November 12th on MLB Network. So Nice. It's got to be Freddie. Next week we're going to talk about Freddie winning the MVP and how we're going to win a World Series next year. I hope so. Our city needs it. We need we need a championship. We need something. Because it's it's not coming from the Falcons. It's not coming from the Hawks. It for sure ain't coming from UGA college football. So <laughs> I thought we were really gonna talk on, about that it's, today. It's really on the Braves. Sorry, sorry, I slipped up. <laughs> it's on the Braves. But we're hey, this year hope. was UGA's year. Yeah, they still got it. They're gonna make it. I do love that uh, that UG. Uh, we're at a lot of 680 here. That's sort of my main go-to 680 the fan. Hashtag interns, paid interns, podcasts played on the weekends. Um, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen after some of these comments. That is true. That is very true. Um, I love that they're 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 pushing Buck Baloo's Bulldogs 40 or whatever it is, celebrating their mm-hmm. championship from. 40 years ago? <laughs> what? It's it's weird they're celebrating that one 40 years ago and not one of the more recent championships. Exactly. I mean, I don't understand why. 
the one they won was like three years ago they won one and then didn't they win one last year and yeah, I mean they've won a couple under Kirby. Is there a mid-season one that you can also win? Because I feel like they win them all the time. There's the well, we beat everybody but Alabama championship. <laughs> if Nick Saban wasn't born, we would have won a title trophy. I feel like we're losing a lot of uh, a lot of fans from the podcast as we're hating on the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Bulldog fans, we love you. We just uh, you got to come up with some new material. Yes. It can't be your year every year. Exactly. Because clearly it hasn't been for 40 years. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a good way to end it. Guys, thank you all for listening. Garrett, good job being here. Jeremy, get some rest in preparation for the return ride home. That is it for episode 43 of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check us out on Twitter at ATL Sport Podcast. That's at ATL Sport Podcast. And you can also find us on YouTube. Just search the Atlanta Sports Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. Have a great week, Atlanta.